Welcome to Spitting Seeds Podcast. My name is Vasily. I have Mario with me. Hello. I have Roman with Gr- me. Greetings and salutations, folks. Okay. Okay, so Spitting Seeds, welcome. If you are listening, start off with a little two-minute intro. Spitting Seeds, the goal is a podcast to be us guys. We hang out a lot. We spend... I would say a lot of time together, you know, more than with maybe other people. And we decided to record our own little podcast. I'm sure some people will think it's silly. But for us, the goal is that maybe, you know, God willing, we're alive in 10, maybe 20 years. Maybe look back to this, listen, something to remember, something to laugh about. And the goal is to get together Talk all things life, work, economy, whatever you know the is going on in our lives and li- in lives around us and in the places that we live. But also a big part, and I would say maybe the main part of this podcast and the goal is to interview people of Slavic community that maybe have interesting stories, interesting opinions maybe you know weird opinions on something and you know give them a a platform and give them a chance to express themselves and gives us a chance to pick their brains a little bit and it's not going to be super professionally produced it's not going to be super professional and formal just guys getting together talking about things that are relevant to our lives and want to give a quick shout out to Cup of Joe Guys podcast. Uh, I've had this equipment laying for months and months. And after we heard their podcast, we're like, oh, that would be so cool to do our own and something to remember, something to look back to years later. But now, though, having three of us here, and we'll get into some topics, something, you know, practical to our lives, and, you know, we'll share our opinions and. And all of that. But before we start, if you know somebody or if you've heard of somebody that you think would be a great person to be interviewed on this podcast, you know, maybe, like I said, they have an amazing life story. They've been through something. They've lived through something. Or maybe they have a very interesting and unusual views on something in life. We'd love to talk to them and pick their brains and, you know, have give them a chance to explain themselves. So feel free, and I was debating to do this or not, but I'll, I will. You can just shoot me a text at 206-859-1863 and shoot your idea our way. And maybe, you know, we have somebody that you'd bring up and we will talk to them and pick their brain and would be fun to talk to them. But... To dive in here, what's what has been going on in your guys' lives? Mario, I know, got a job. Roman just bought a house recently. Yes, I did. What are your first impressions? I think, yeah, you are the first homeowner of our close group. What are, what are your thoughts on as a homeowner? I guess pros and cons, because we lived in, me and Roman, we lived in the same apartment in Seattle. So Ro- Roman ditched me now, bought a house, so I'm still in apartment but what are some you know i'm sure there's a lot of positives but can you share you know positives and maybe you know the obvious positives 
and maybe some negatives or you know minuses that are sometimes overlooked or not noticed if you are not owner of the house. What are your like first impressions? Well, I uh, I did not know how much I would second guess myself. I um, when I first bought the house, I did not. Uh, I was I was I was kind of freaking out. It's a very big purchase. It's a very big purchase, and uh, I was um, I was sitting there. I was thinking, did I make the right decision? This and that. It just. And I was, I had the red, still the Redfin app. I was looking at other prices of the houses. And uh, the very first suggestion: if you buy a house, delete that app. <laughs> you don't, you don't need to know what, uh, what you missed out on or what kind of houses got listed after you buy your house. Uh, uh, we're very happy with um, Vasily. It was, uh, was my realtor. He did a very good job. We're actually very happy with our purchase. And um, the pros are the, sh- the shout out was not planned, but thank you. <laughs> Once again, he gave his phone number. If you want to buy a house, hit him uh, hit him up with a text on the same phone number. But um, <clears throat> the pros, I guess, is that it's uh, my own little place. We, uh, you know, you can uh, your own little corner of the world. You can plan this out, that out. Uh, your your house grows in value. Uh, it's a, always a good investment. Somebody told me actually. Um, that it's uh, never a bad time to buy a house because it's always... It's I told you that. Huh? I told you that. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm, I thought it was somebody smart. But anyway... It is. <laughs> but No, uh, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I guess the cons are like um, there's always stuff you can do. You wake up in the morning and I thought I would enjoy the house more, but for me, maybe I will in the future. Maybe I'm just... May jump into a fast conclusion, but right now, like you wake up, you're like, okay, this needs to get done, this needs to get done, this needs to get done, and it overtakes the fact that you're like, okay, this is my my place, and I need to enjoy this. I'm, I tend to fall back to be like, okay, when am I gonna get this done? I need to, I need to, you know, uh, put away some money to get this done. I need to put away some time to get this done. I need to uh, put away some energy to get this done, and it's ongoing. The more you do, the more you want to do, and it's just like a vicious cycle. But overall, you're happy that you bought it. You're not regretting it just yeah. How long has it been? Has it been like a month and a half more? Yeah, yeah. It's been a while, and I like every time after work. Every time after work, I've been um, I've been like doing stuff to it, and it's like you want to do more and more. It's uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll check back with you guys after a year or two. Hopefully, hopefully, in my mind, I will be like okay. Like it, this is perfect, but you know, deep down inside, I don't think that will ever happen. In the words of Theodore Roosevelt, "Comparison is the thief of joy." Oh, are you talking about the at uh, the Redfin app? Yeah, now it's gone. Yeah, yeah, you, you, because when well, you it, bought it and it would come over a couple of times, and you would bring up like, "Yeah, I saw this house, and he's like ten grand more, and then this house," and I was like, "Oh yeah, he's really like second guessing." And yeah, I was, I, I was, and I still am because it's a big purchase, and it's not just houses. Every car I buy, every Every, this and that it's uh i just it's my character i like i always like you have make, uh commitment issues uh <laughs> no <laughs> i will just say that it will be good for my, my marriage but um i feel like um uh, i i feel like i got a really good deal actually and it's very surprising that like this uh, the the i don't want to jump into any topics right now but even with the like the turmoil in the stock market, the house, the estimate house of my price grew a little bit over uh, over when I 
ever since I bought the house, which is kind of interesting, which is I kind of like reaffirms what the guy told me that it's never a bad time to buy a house. My house. I, I told you that. <laughs> Uh, Mario told me that, but um, I mean, I know, and I told my wife that we're gonna have to be okay with the fact that one day our house will be, will cost less than what we bought it for, because life is long, economy takes different swings. We're gonna have to be okay with that, but um, it overall, it's an asset that it's something we really wanted, and it's in the, it cannot be in a more perfect place. Uh, Vasily, uh, my realtor. The guy that's talking right now, he did a really good job. He like we, we, I told him, I actually sent him a long text message. I'm like, after we looked at a house, I'm like, okay, this is where we want it. This is what we want. And I, I was in the middle of work. He was in the middle of work. I called him and he's like, I'm like, let's go look at one right now in the middle of work. He dropped everything. We went and looked. We got it. So we're very happy. There's, uh, there's like. I think it's my OCD or whatever mental illness it is, but no, I think I, it's totally normal. I think what you're explaining here, it's the same thing that I think everybody goes through where like you get something that you want, but then I don't know if it's just like social pressure or what it is, but you suddenly feel like it's inadequate. And then like, like Roman has a house and I'm just like, dude, that's freaking dope. Like I wish I had a house. Even if it's a crappy house, you have a house, you own something, your name is on the title you know, you're not renting anymore. Yeah. You've you just picked up a duplex too. That's like big moves, major is, moves. Right. Yeah, it's like but, life. But I think big it's just our, our human nature that like even this apartment that I'm living in now, where we are sitting currently, like when we first got the apartment, like in my mind, it's such like, a big big move. You moved recently, so right. you're like well, let's on not separate. Get let me finish my point. Um, you get a new place, and it's like wow, you know, it's cool. But then the first person that came over, I forgot who it was, but the first person that came over and visited us at our new place. And and right away, my my mentality and the things I was saying is like, oh well, the bathroom's kind of small, but like it's cool, you know. And like, and you start trying to like uh, rationalize, you know, like things like that. And it's like I feel like it's the same thing with Roman that I've noticed that like you got your own house, and then the first thing that Roman says like when you come in and like you know, oh you get the tour, but then he's like, oh I'm gonna take this wall out, and we're gonna put new lights here, and I'm gonna remodel this, and I'm gonna take off the popcorn ceiling and this and that. And it's like, and it's natural, we all do that, but it's like, hey. Be happy that you have popcorn ceilings, you know? I feel like maybe we should... Like they're your own ceilings. Exactly, <laughs> hey, yeah. Ma Mario, I'd appreciate you telling me that, you know, when we're not live, so I don't get caught off guard like this. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but I feel like, you know, and this is totally off topic, but I was talking with, with my wife the other day, and I feel like I'm getting much more softer and, like, progressive as a person. Oh, no, that's... Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Like, I sat down and I thought about it the other day, and I'm just like, dude, my me and my views are just very different from where I was, like, two years ago. Yeah, you're maturing a little bit. Is that what it is? I, I think so. You're getting more liberal. Hmm. Okay, to, so wrap up the Roman's how, house, and, you know, that's a big decision in his life, and he bought it, he moved in, he's living, so that's good. That's very, you know, big, important decision in life, and you made that about going to Mario and do you think because Mario moved out he has his own place right now very new place in Auburn very nice place then Mario graduated with a nursing degree got a job do you think maybe some of that stuff is helping you I don't know if the word like grow up and mature maybe do you think those decisions have something to do with to do with that you know getting your own place graduating getting your job and you feel more like adulting more or what do you think has to do with you having more 
I don't know, maybe I almost want to say more compassionate view, views on like life and people, more considerate maybe. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Some people will say liberal, liberal views, but I'm going to steal that. You have more compassionate views. Maybe. I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm I'm still relatively young. I'm t- I'm, I, I'm 24. I just recently turned 24. I feel like I'm still kind of young. Um, I feel like moving, getting our own place was kind of a big move. Um, it didn't feel like it, but maybe like subconsciously it was much of a bigger deal than I thought it would be. Because like for me, it was just like, oh, yeah, we just got a new place. You know, it's like, it's whatever. But I think more of it is just kind of getting older and seeing the world. That's the neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) The crappy apartment, actually. (laughs) I'm sorry about the walls, guys. (laughs) I'm going to soundproof them. (laughs) Build the whole studio. Hey, be happy that you have these thin walls, okay, Mario? Back to to the point. Back to the point. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe just being married. Because we're on our third year of marriage now. I don't know if it's just being married longer. And me me and my wife are complete opposites. Like, we're polar opposites. I am like a narcissist, like realist, like pessimist. And she's just an ultimate op- like optimist and, you know, the world is great and humans are genuinely good and, and all that and stuff. And so maybe just hanging out, like spending more time with her is kind of rubbing off on me or maybe just working in a hospital now. Uh, and they, I work in the emergency room right now and you see a lot of people who are sick, like genuinely mm-hmm. sick and they need help. And like, you know, and their lives are kind of in your hands kind of, kind of deal. And then you see a lot of people who are not as sick, but... I don't know. I think I j- or maybe it is what Roman said. Maybe just like a maturing, like you 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 reach a later stage in life and you have experienced more and you have more like wisdom, so to speak. And but yeah, I feel like I'm very different than what I than who I used to be. I feel like yeah, I'm just like going off of what you said. I think even myself, I'm 28 now, and I think when you grow up, when you're still younger, you have I don't want to say more optimistic view, but more. Like, oh, if you just do this, this, and this, all of this will work out. But I think when you grow up, you see the life can have, you know, has its own ways. Sometimes you may do this, this, and this right, but the life will turn out, you know, like the unexpected happens or unplanned things happen, and you start understanding that. So, like, I think when you're younger and somebody, let's say, not as successful in life or maybe, you know, doesn't have as much money as you would think they should have, and like, oh, you know, all you have to do is do this, do this, do this, yeah. and you're a millionaire. Life seems so simple. When yeah, you're young. but when you grow up, you're like, hey, there's so much more things to life yeah. than A, B equals C. But there's so much more in between. You start realizing that life is not black and white. There's a lot of gray area, and, and then you basically that's why when when people say that, like, the more you know, the more you realize, the less you know. Because, like, w- like when uh, I was, I'm still really, really young, but when. Like, I was a little bit younger. Everything was so black and white. It's like, yeah, well, if you do this, of course this would happen. Or if I do this, of course that would happen. But that's that's really not necessarily true. Yeah. I think, like, before and sometimes when, like, a kid is, like, a troublemaker and the topic will come up, like, oh, whose fault is it? And I feel like before it was, like, it would be one side or the other side. Like, oh, the kid is the, you know, dumb one. Like, he should figure out his life. Or one side will be, or the other side would be like, oh, the parents should be do a way better job, you know, disciplining the kid. But right now, I think the more you grow up, you're like, 
hey, it's a little bit of both. There's great, more gray area than you think. I'm like, yes, there are parents, and yes, there's a kid, that's and there's the healthy middle. That's actually a really interesting topic. Do we want to go into that temporarily? Not, we should, next time, next yeah, time. Not, yeah. I think it is a, a very good to- yeah, topic. Yeah, we're not going to – that 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 topic is going to We talked consume. about it before a few times, and it is a very interesting topic. So I think that's what it is. You, When you, you – I guess year after year, you learn that there's, hey, there's more to life than just, you know, A, B equals C. It's like sometimes, you know, kind of let's say we use parents as an example. Parents can do everything right, and the kid – still can turn out to be, you know, a silly troublemaker and be a foolish son and it's not that simple and thing. And again, not to sound like a freaking depressing, you know, old man, but I think it's just part of growing up and you start understanding and learning uh, life more. But I, I think overall I'm a very optimistic person and I'm really excited for life and I think I what think has we, been I going think, up on what has been going on in your life? Uh, in a second, and I think we as people, like, we don't really need much to be happy if we don't compare to other people as much. And, like, comparison like, is a thief of joy. Yeah, like, I have an amazing marriage. I have, we're both healthy. We have parents that love us, and we have friends, and all, we have food. We can go out, you know, all of those things. We have so, so much, and we have an amazing lives. So, I think, and, let me kind of piggyback off what you're saying. I think the issue with our generation now, because, uh, well, the three of us here, strictly speaking, our parents all came from the former Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. A completely different world. It might as well be a different planet to what we are living now. And I feel like for them, it was much more of like a realistic, like, you know, you got to do what you got to do, you know, this and that. But for us, I think social media, I know this is like a hot, you know, hot button topic, blah, 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 but... I think it should be discussed. And I mean, I have opinions about it. I'm sure we all do. But uh, I think kind of what you're getting at is social media. Where, like uh, social media and so I guess you can like you're you're constantly comparing yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think social media in, in general had a good uh, had a good uh, intention, a good intention when it first kind of started. It was like, hey, we're going to connect the world. We're going to connect people. You know, you can talk to people from across the world and, and meet people, you know, cool, this and that. But what it turned into is a bunch of Instagram moms and they're all trying to, you know, like flex on each other with like some dumb thing like, oh, you know, birthday party for your two-year-old that he's not even going to remember. I some- disagree with you, Mario. I don't think Instagram, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm being a little cynical. Instagram or Facebook or social media, I don't think it was ever started with a good intention. I think they tried to sell us on connecting with people. But I think when they were starting it, they knew they wanted people to spend a lot of time on it. Well, it no, was I, always a big money grab. I disagree and with you because I, I remember I created my Facebook account. It was 2009 when I created my Facebook account. I think I think maybe you're talking about Roman talking more from a creator's point of view. Yeah. And Mar is more from like people's point of view. Like, oh, Facebook is nice. Sure. I can talk to my cousin in Ukraine and see what he's up to. But the creators, maybe in their long-term plan, they did yeah. have these plans. But in the end, it's a tool. It's just like a, a hammer or a gun. If the creator of the gun, you know, he, he obviously wasn't going to make this gun and like, oh, this gun is going to help keep people safe. His intention was this gun will fire bullets and will will hurt and kill things. But how people use it, you know, it's, it's, it's a very different thing. I think the same thing with social media where was with their intentions it was i'm sure money was a big part of it and there's a lot of other motivations but i feel like in my personal experience when i created my first well my only facebook account it was like wow this is cool i'm connected to all these people i have a, like an online portal 
that I can connect with all these people. Like, I don't have to text them. I don't have to call them. Like, I feel like we grew up in, like, the age of texting mm-hmm. where, like, it was, like, cool to, like, uh, I forgot what it was. It was, like, it was, like, pound, six, four pound, and you can see how many text messages you sent for the month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys remember that? And it was, like, whoever could have the most, like. And, oh, now maybe we'll, like, somebody won't even, like, be able to relate to this, but before when we would have, like, 300 or 500 text messages, yeah. but after 9 p.m., it would be unlimited. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you want to talk, talk, like really get deep, then you wait till 9 p.m. Yeah, and then dude. you have unli- unlimited, uh, or was it just minutes or text messages too after 9 minutes. p.m.? I think I think all the plans had unlimited. Well, so I remember my first like plan when, when my parents added me to their plan. It was like it was like a, a 500 or 1,000 text messages a month. And like you really had to like, you know, think about who you yeah. text. But then like once the unlimited I wish it was still thing, like that. Right? But once the unlimited thing came around, it became such a flex like – star six four star and you're just like oh i've had you know two thousand text messages and i'm only two weeks in and your friend's like oh well i've had like seven thousand like yeah. what's up you know and i feel like that's that's just human nature we're always trying to flex on each other i'm sorry i'm uh we're always just trying to like one up each other and like flex on each other and even before social media when i was texting we would try to flex on each other like yeah you got nobody to text loser yeah, like, you know like i got all these themes that i'm hitting up you know and i i, I, I don't know but social media in general, I think. Uh, should we talk about social media today? I think we. I think we should because I should think we t- at least touch upon it. Yeah, we won't spend too much time on it, but I think definitely, and I think people realize that it has. I think most people realize that it does have negative effects, but I think a lot of people have hard time, you know, taking initiative and not being like part of the problem. Let's say, like you mentioned, like, oh, the Instagram moms or whatever. And there's, you know, young people, like, guys and, you know, even older guys that are really, like, you know, a couple, you know, people come to mind. Uh, you know, they're, like, older dudes, but they're very consistent and almost, I don't know if it's bad to say, like, obnoxious in their social media use. That it's, like, every step, every moment of your life, the, a lot of those moments that should be private and, like, treasured and enjoyed and yet they take time out of that to take a picture record do whatever and post on social media and my thing what i'm trying to get to understand is for people let's say you and your wife having an intimate moment whatever it is like some amazing date or something and when you're let's say guys or girls you know what their thought process is when they're doing it, let's say they're like enjoying the moment. They're like, you know what? I should stop. I should post this on social media. And so many people think about how awesome I am or my life is or whatever. And so I've, like, I've been trying to be intentional with Tada not doing that. Let's say even if I'm having a good moment, if something good happens, not to project it. Like, look, guys, look what, I, what happened here. Like, look how great I am. Look what I did here. Look what I did there. Look what kind of food I'm eating. Look at the places I'm going. I was like, no, enjoy those things for the sake of enjoying them. Right. And I'm pretty convinced that some people, if not a lot of people, go to, like, places and they're, like, thinking, like, it's about to be some oh, sick of course, pics yeah. on social media. I and I think some- that sucks. And so, and the Can I share some statistics real a li- quick? A little bit, a little bit. And my thing is, like, lately, I've been having, I don't know, I've been having, like, compassion for those people. Like, I was like, that sucks. <laughs> like, you're, like, at the mo- point of where, where you're, like, I'm going to spend this money. I'm going to go do this. And instead of enjoying moment for the sake of enjoying it, you're thinking about the sick pics you're about to post. 
And I'm like that. And so I've been having compassion Dude, for those people. That totally goes back to the whole parenting thing. I feel like those people that you're that you're referring to, I feel like those people just didn't have enough attention as kids. And that's why they're doing what they're I'm, doing. I'm not referring to anybody specific. I think it's like right. a trend in general. Okay. But I have some. So here's some statistics. And this is up to date as of uh, September 2018. So there are now 3.196 billion people using social media. And that's up 13% from 2017. That's half, that's half of the population. A little bit less than half, but yeah, about half. I guess I 8 billion right now. Uh, the total 8 billion num- already? A little bit yeah, under. We're, we're getting there, yeah. Uh, the total number of mobile phone users is 5.14 billion. That's well over half. Um, 11 new people start using social media every second, which is about 1 million new people every day, and most of which I think at this point are our parents. Um, 11 new people start... I'm sorry. The average American spends just over two hours per day on social media. I think it's a lot higher than that now. now, Especially now with the Apple having the screen time. Well, hold on. I think this is average because I think me personally, I spend maybe like... On like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I spend maybe five minutes every like two days. But then like my wife, she spends. You're you're an anomaly because I think especially maybe like even job wise, especially like say job wise, you're working as a nurse. But if I'm sitting at the office and the phone is right in front of me and I'm on the computer, and it's a really really bad habit, but you're just almost consistently you're sitting there and you have like a thirty second like window, and you're just like. Oh, so you just like it's there. So you just like touch your phone and it opens and you will like refresh, you know, Instagram or something, Twitter or whatever. So for me, I know like especially if I'm sitting in the office and I'm not like driving around, I'll like constantly like refresh just because it's like your phone's laying right there. So if you have like a 30 seconds or a minute, you're waiting for something, you're just like, oh, my phone's right there. So it's almost like a habit, just like swipe, swipe, swipe. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I definitely I think the the average right now, especially younger people it's much higher than two hours a day i i don't mean to brag i just pulled up mine and oh, i've spent i'm sorry hold on i'm sorry we have to correct this so as of january 2019 the total worldwide population is 7.7 billion the internet has 4.2 billion users there are about 3.4 billion active social media users so almost half on average uh, what, on average, people have 5.5 uh, social media accounts. The average daily time spent on social media is about 120 minutes a day, two hours. Um, social media, uh, yeah, that Did works out to no new social media uh, user every. Does it say how how long each person spends on social media uh, a day? 120 minutes on average. So two a, hours. A day. Two, two hours on average. That's uh, the average. So I, so you got to think there's people that spend zero time and there's people that spend eight hours. That's crazy. Yeah. That, I, to me, that's a lot. I, and I, I remember, so I wanted to kind of branch off of this before. Oh, okay. Here's some interesting statistics. Uh, here's uh, different platforms of social media and how many million how many million or billion users use them. And I'll just name the notable ones because there's a lot of them here. Airbnb has 150 million users, which is not very much. I, I don't think that's considered social media. Airbnb? Yeah. What's well, on, on it's on the list. Facebook has 2. Point, uh, almost 2.3 billion users. Um Instagram has 1 billion users. That's the only social media I have right now, so Instagram. MySpace, MySpace has 15 million users. Still? <laughs> still. Wow. Oh. Somebody's still on. 
Uh, Pinterest has 200 million. Reddit has 550 million. Snapchat has 186 million daily users. Uh, that number could be much higher for WeChat. So this is kind of interesting. So uh, WhatsApp and WeChat is really big in Asia, from what I India. understand. Asia and India, it's really yeah. big. Not so much here in America because we have like texting and stuff. But uh, we have iMessage, which kind of destroys everything so else. So what because iMessage is encrypted, and then if they don't have iMessage there, they use WhatsApp. Uh, WhatsApp yeah. because it's uh, yeah encrypted. Yeah. Uh, YouTube has 1.5 billion users. WhatsApp has about 1 billion. And WeChat has about one point almost two uh, billion users, and Twitter actually surprisingly only has three hundred thirty million users. Yeah, that's that's a lot of like uh, statistics and uh, hard to remember. But yeah, I think but overall, I think the point is that we should be a little bit conscious of what we post, why we post, like what's our like deeper feeling. It's not just like oh, you know, it's fun. I just want to share this, but to understand that there is a deeper either unsatisfaction with something or looking for something, some sort of feedback. And I think people that constantly post something and almost like project their lives through social media, I think it's kind of like, it sucks because they feel the need of people constantly liking their stuff. Yeah. yeah, telling them that they're awesome, telling them they're, they're great. So what I was thinking, and and not to... You, Again, it's like, you know, in the Slavic community, American community, which I think it's it's just a like human nature. But for some reason, for me, even more bothersome when people view view social media almost for like a spiritual reasons too, to kind of like, look how spiritual I am, look how holy I am, or or anything with that. But in the end, it's attention that they're looking for. Yeah, and my, I think that sucks. Is that like what I was thinking is like, what if you take those people and let's say they don't use social media for a month, and let's say for a month, nobody tells them or reminds them how awesome and amazing they are, then what's going to happen in their psyche? Like, dude, nobody knows how awesome I am. I need to let people know how great I am. Like, nobody, people are going to forget who I am. And I feel like it sucks for, you know, to live such a lifestyle where you feel like you need to constantly remind people how awesome you are and you need people to remind you and tell you how great you are. I feel like it's a very stressful way to live because if, what if you, People tell you that you're not that awesome, and then what happens? Cause I feel like uh, Elon Musk. So, uh, like, if t- people telling you that you're not that awesome, are you advocating for a dislike button on Instagram and <laughs> Facebook? <Okay. laughs> <laughs> they, uh, but they, they got dislike on, uh, on Facebook, Facebook yeah. and it was not that. Uh, re- yeah, they didn't change the world. They're only eight years too late. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't change the world. I think. But, uh, so Elon Musk... I think who is like, uh, I mean, a revolutionary mind of our time, a genius of our time. I think in the in, in the future... With his own negatives, but he is a revolutionary sure, mind. Sure, but I think like, you know, hundreds of thousands of years from now, if Earth is still the, here, I think people will look back and he will be in the history books and they'll, you know, they'll acknowledge him as like one of the great thinkers of our era. Yeah, like Henry Ford. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but... I, on the so I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan podcast when Elon Musk was on, and he had a, I think he had like it's a, it's a good way of summarizing the whole social media thing. But and I've shared this with a lot of people. But his thing was basically like, and he's he's very anti uh, social media, and his reasoning was this that, and I guess he was speaking strictly to Instagram, but I guess you could apply this to a lot of other things. But like on Instagram, it seems like there's a lot of. Um, so he's basically saying that on Instagram, 
uh, people post pictures of them doing cool things. Uh, at the, so like I post a picture on Instagram, and I'm very in the picture. I'm happy, and I'm doing something very cool and something very interesting. Uh, and that's the only time I'll post a picture. I won't post a picture when I'm sitting at home eating a bowl of cereal, you know, on the weekend, and I have nothing else to do, so I'm just sitting at home. So it ends up that I I specifically filter out my Instagram to be like the hi- the absolute highlights of my life, like the high points. Mm-hmm. Like in one month, I have like six high points. You know, like yeah. I went on vacation or I did something really interesting that not a lot of people do, and those are the photos that I post. And then it gives the impression to people who are viewing your profile that like. You're this happy all the time. When in reality, these people, these like Instagram personalities, they're just like me and you. Where Monday through Friday, their life is pretty dull. You know, they have to go to work. They have to do things. They have to clean. They have, you know, stuff like that. Like their life is not very interesting. But then on those occasions that they do get to do something really cool, that's what they post. And then it kind of almost fools you to believe that these people are living these incredible lives all the time. That they're always happy. That they're always doing something cool. And then you compare your own life to that and you're just like... Yo, my life sucks. I got like some nine to five dead end job. I'm not happy. I don't have the car I want. I don't have the house I want. I don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You know, my love life is down the drain, like this and that. And and that's literally like Theodore Roosevelt was a great man, a great president. And that quote, I really love that quote. But comparison is the thief of joy. When you can start comparing yourself to other people, that robs you of your joy. Everybody has joy in their life up until the moment that they start comparing themselves to others. And then that joy gets robbed away from yeah, you. Yeah, because there's always going to be somebody greater, somebody... Yeah. Because even if you have something, let's say, positive in your life and something good, let's say you have an amazing marriage, but your car is not as flashy. So you're not going to think like, oh, well, I have, you know, with social media, you will take your focus off of something great and amazing that you have, let's say, like your marriage... And you will get distracted like, oh, man, like he bought a new car and I'm still driving a five-year-old car. And, so and you almost like it will overshadow the all the great things that you have. And you're like, if only I got the AirPods, you know, like my life would be like, so much more convenient. Roman bought a house. Like that's a freaking like that's a life achievement. You know, that's a milestone in life that not honestly not a lot of people get to achieve. There's a lot of people who rent or, you know, live in some kind of other housing for their whole lives and they don't get yeah. a house. Roman's 25 and he bought a house. That's like a huge thing. But your our psyche automatically starts to like. And I'm, not, I'm not trying to like. Pick no, on you, I I understand. But like you don't your psyche automatically you don't starts stop to and like. Enjoy it. Yeah, you don't get to like. You don't stop and smell the flowers. You just like, yeah, these flowers aren't as good as they should be. You know, they're not as bright and as the flowers next door. You know, the grass always seems greener yeah, on the you other side. Yeah, you gotta work, work, work. Yeah, my, exactly. My wife uh, does a good job with that, uh, with like stopping and smelling the flowers, <laughs> and a lot of times I'll like joke around about like, oh. Uh, once I mean, you know, once we make a lot of money, uh, then you know, like we'll be good or something. Or like, oh, I'll just, I just want to make a million dollars or something. Like even like just joking wise, and she will do a good job of reminding me that like, hey, w- years will go by and we will look back at these days and we're like, oh, these were the good old days. Like when we got married, and we rented our first apartment in Federal Way. It was like a super ghetto apartment with like, it was pretty ratchet. We only lived there for like about a half a year. I was like, oh, you know, I wish we could get a better apartment. We moved to South Lake Union of Seattle. Got a really nice brand new apartment with like fancy apartment. And I was like, oh, it's so cool. We get to experience life living in Seattle. The two years before seemed like some unachievable dream or like something too good to be true. But then living in Seattle, I'm like, oh, you know, I got to buy a house. I got to buy a house. And, 
Ina will my Ina my wife will do a good job of reminding like hey this is our the good days we'll remember the, the, these days as like remember we got married we got the apartment fell away remember us living in Seattle where we could just decide to walk down to Wasabi or walk down to Starbucks or you know a, a restaurant and get a meal and come back home and all those things are a great things to have in life but then I will something much smaller that we'll all get distracted with kind of like oh i wish i had this then my life would be you know a little bit better and and yeah and don't have the opportunity or time or you know not being uh, aware enough to stop and appreciate the moments in life that we do have yeah um a wise man one well i read it on the internet i'm sure somebody said it but <laughs> when you're young when you're young you have uh time and health but you don't have money when you're middle-aged you have health and money, but you don't have time. When when you get older, you have time and money, but you don't have health. So you just have to enjoy every season of your life. Um, uh, whether you're you just got a house and you want to do a lot of stuff to it, but you just got to step back. Or if you're living in an apartment, you're like, I'm healthy. I have a beautiful wife. We have a beautiful relationship. We, um, you know, we're, uh, she's finishing school. We're making money. Well, I have to stop and enjoy this. I have to stop and enjoy that. And that's, I don't know, that's something I've been working on. And I encourage, I feel like, I don't know, I, I maybe I'm narrow-minded, but I feel like what, what I'm working on, I feel, what, if I'm struggling with something, I feel like everybody else is struggling with the same thing. But I would encourage all of you guys to stop and just like, like uh, Vasily said, just or Mario said, stop and smell the flowers. Just wh- wherever you're in life you are right now, just stop and enjoy it. If, whether you have money some people don't have it. Whether you have a health, some people don't have it. Whether you have time right now, like maybe you don't have any kids yet and you have time to time to focus on yourself, please do that because if you don't, you're going to have kids and you never will. It's not like you can just drop them off somewhere and forget about them. Yeah, uh, Nick, my brother, is not uh, here today, but he will be joining us on future episodes but us for with our wives, we hang out pretty regularly, and I don't know where the where the term came from. If if one of us came up with it, or if it's like a, a known thing, but I've never heard it before. Uh, Dinks, double income, no kids. Uh, Alex, shout out to Alex Bashinsky. He's the one that told me that, and I told you guys that. Did I told you that? No, it was Alex Bashinsky, the first person that told me that. Double income, no kids. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So if. And so that's like a season of our life now. Like we get to enjoy like, hey, both, you know, us as husbands, our wives work. We have this, uh, hey, we have this advantage uh, uh, together, you know, working, having financial stuff. And uh, yeah, it's a season of our lives that we, that we should enjoy and appreciate because seasons will change. You know, days will come and go. And uh, yeah. Um, I think people tend to forget. I think, and this is me speaking like the maturity that I've been gaining, but yo, on average, we have 80 years mm-hmm. on this earth. Just from what I've seen in my personal experience, it's rare that, pe- well, it's rare that I've seen people live past the age of like 80, just mm-hmm. working in like the medical field. Yeah. I do believe, separate topic, but I do believe that our generation will be the first one to, like, live to, like, 150, 100, you know, 60, just because of, like, 
uh, science and medical stuff, but um, we have a limited we have a limited amount of years on this earth, and I think that people tend to forget that, like, yo, we're all on the same planet, and just because you're the coolest or the richest guy on earth, that doesn't mean anything long term. And if you're not the coolest or the richest guy on earth, it also does not mean anything long term. Right. And yeah. I think that we forget and we just think that like, and in, in my experience, uh, very wealthy people, like very successful people that I've talked to, they tend to be very lonely. And it's because once you get to that level, you're just kind of like, uh, you know, I, I kind of threw aside all my friends. I kind of like threw it all away to be rich and successful and to have, you know, to have the life. But then once you get there, it's kind of a depressing thing because you're like, I made it. But then, at what cost? Yeah. You know? So I feel like we just need to, like, we're all in this together. Me, you, and Roman, and all of us. And the most important thing in life, life is what you make out of it. And if you're all worried about, like, being popular, being, you know, the coolest guy, the richest guy, you will be disappointed. And I feel like it's a much, you'll have a much happier life if it's, it's if you help your fellow man, if you have good friends and... At the end, you know, at the end of it, we're all we're all believers here. And at the end of it, you know, when we meet at the gate, you know, and, and like, what did you do with your life? That's some, you- that's something that I've been thinking about, and changing my point of view or being more like realizing and learning more. Before, you know, you see a person like flashy and kind of look, going back to social media, and it seems like dude, they're doing things in life, they're achieving things in life, and you know, they must be living great life. But and it's almost automatically those people become in some way role models for other people. But lately, I've been very intentional to not view those people as role models, but the opposite. Look up to people because for some reason, I found this like a newfound respect for homies, especially starting to getting to know more and more people in like Slavic community. And it would be like a low key homie, no, you know seven social media platforms of posting of every accomplishment. But there's been, like, a guy after guy, especially lately, like, you find out, and you're like, yo, like, seems like a low-key guy, and he has, like, 13 guys working for him. And you would never, you know, know that or realize about him unless you get to know him a little bit more personally or other guys, again, that I got to know. And homies are living very successful lives, but very balanced in their life as well. They they have friends, they hang out, they have a community, they're humble with their lifestyle and with their attitudes and with their friendships and community. And that's, it's like a newfound respect for homies like that. And like, I'm almost on a lookout for more guys like that after realizing that there are people that are living successful and happy and like community-oriented lifestyles. And yet they still live very successful lives, you know, comparing to, you know, in this world, say financial or business or whatever. And yeah, I've started respecting homies like these much more than the guy that flashes his accomplishment, even though there are still accomplishments, there are still achievements, but they're announced to the whole world. Like another guy that I know, homie has like a, a CPA, you know, graduated with like a, you know, highest accounting degree. And yeah, you know, have, has like a you know really nice, fancy, like very respectable job position. And yeah, you would never know this kind of stuff about him 
unless you get to know him. And, you know, he's doing much more in his life other than his job position. And again, so, and we should wrap up this whole social media thing. But yeah, don't feel the pressure of announcing, impressing people because there'll never be enough. Right. There'll be somebody doing better, doing be somebody fancier, richer than you, doing yeah. flashier than you, achieving more than you. But focus on your life, be happy, have close friends, have yeah. community, and you'll be much happier. I think success is a very relative term because, like, for one guy, success might mean I'm able to pay my bills. You know, I have a, I have a, a family, you know, a, a wife or friends that values me and that like, cares about me and things like that. You could be a millionaire, billionaire, but if you have no friends, and it, it, it's a reoccurring theme, I mean, just like just a very basic example, but like uh, the whole Christmas story thing. I mean, it's a very common story, but um, Elmer, or not his name, Elmer, what's his name? Um, Elmer, I don't know Scrooge, what you're about. You know, Scrooge. Okay. The Christmas whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Very rich guy, very wealthy guy, but he's depressed. He's sad. Or like me, uh, me and my wife, we watched uh, what's it called? A movie. It's called A Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. And that that movie is really all about like the plot of the movie is basically there's this guy who keeps uh, like keeps sacrificing his own wants and his own needs for his city for his community. And then there's this other guy who lives in the same town, and he's very rich, and he's taken advantage of the whole town to be rich. But then at the end of the story, the rich guy is always the sad one. He has nobody to like to be happy with. He's alone. He's lonely. He's bitter. But he's rich. He has all his money, but he's bitter. He's sad. Mm-hmm. But then the guy who sacrificed all the opportunities to be rich, to be successful, but he has you know all these friends, people that care about him. And I feel like that's all. That's what it's all about. Uh, Success is relative. Whatever success means to you, success does not have to mean that you're rich. Success doesn't have to mean that you know you have a bunch of investments or apartments or some crazy uh, business that's successful. Because money, at the end of the day, is not going to make you happy. There are poor people that are much happier than the richest people on the yeah. earth. And I think this is reinforced, especially like the people that you think are li- living this perfect lives because of social media and when you get to see peak kind of behind the scenes a little bit you're like your life is just as messy as everybody else's yeah, you just have more money but it's so edited and you're you know portrayed on the internet in such a perfect way and but those exact people so uh, just remember that and, and yeah don't feel pressure to live up to some edited and cropped and edited version of somebody else's life and that you should live up to that. But we should like wrap up this whole social right, media right, thing. Right. I think we kind of express what we were, what we're trying to say. But going off of that, we haven't been we you know all three of us we haven't been married for a long time. So we're not marriage philosophers, and we're not the guys that know it all about marriage. But after you know close to three years now, well, two yeah. Yeah, I'm getting close to three years. In May, it will be three years. And you still learn a thing or two. You definitely don't know very much, but, you know, you learn something. What What are some some of the things for you guys? You know, maybe one or two things that I think when we go in marriage, you feel like, well, I felt like, like, you know, read books, I've heard sermons, I've heard lectures, like, okay, this is what marriage is and this is what you do. But you still, you know, we were all people, and you still get have to use get used to li- living with another person that you didn't live before li- with. What are some things that you've learned? Let's say very like practical, maybe something very simple 
the you've learned through your marriage that you had to learn or figure out once you got married that maybe was like a little bump or you know little obstacle in your marriage that you had to get over and learn to move on and for that to be not an issue anymore i feel like it's kind of a common theme like what you're saying that like um like in a young i mean in a young person's mind or in anybody's mind uh things are like on paper it's like a very i think a lot of people repeat it like oh it's really easy on paper but actually doing it you know like oh yeah building an airplane Super simple on paper. We need, you know, airplane wings, motors, you know, on paper. It's super simple. You know, there's only a couple of things you need yeah. and boom, you have a recipe for success. But then actually implementing it is like, oh, wow, we didn't know that, you know, there's like aerodynamics involved and all this other things. And it becomes a million times more complicated. And I feel like it's the same thing with marriage that like on paper, you know, the idea of being married to somebody and, uh, you know, oh, it seems super simple, but then why do 50% of marriages end in divorce? Yeah. I think it's even almost higher now. But, I, you know, it's oh, it seems super simple. You find some girl or guy that you like, and you have simple, uh, similar interests and similar, you know, like things like that. And, oh, super easy, super simple. But then when it comes down to it, you know, like, if I'm being honest, you fight about dumb little things like, you know, your toothbrush, where you put your toothbrush, or like little stupid things like that. And it, may, it might seem like mean, like meaningless in the moment, but that's what it comes down to. You find a person, and it seems so simple. Like, I like this girl. I'm going to propose. We're going to get married. Happily ever after. Happily ever after. That's the end of it. But no, there's always more things involved. There's family involved. There's friends involved. There's uh, your guys's like... Uh, in, views on life might be different and things like that and marriage becomes a much more complex thing so i mean i feel like i'm very happy i feel like i feel like i'm very happily married i feel like me and my wife we get along great we have very alternate like almost opposites attract kind of thing Mm -hmm. where like i'm very like realistic and pessimistic and like my expectations for the world are kind of low where my wife is (laughs) where my pessimistic mario (laughs) And where my wife is like, no, people are good. People will always come through for you. And I'm just like, no, they probably won't, you know, <laughs> things like that. Uh, but we get along great. You know, we, we found some kind of a balance and uh, surprising things about marriage is like something like one, like, let's say one situation or one, like, this is one thing, let's say, like one, like almost example, like more specific. Let's say this happened and this is what we had to do. To figure it out. I think some of our biggest fights was um, a matter of like belief. Like uh, I grew up, you know, I was raised in a certain way, believing in like things should be this way. And then like believing like religious, like God and spiritual or believing. Sometimes, yes, but sometimes even I mean, I might have to think about like some big fights that we had. We really don't fight very much in general. It's more of like the little bickerings over like. You need to stop eating chips. Are you guys more when you when you're when you're when you're arguing or when you have like disagreements? Is it more like you say it, she says something, you say something, or is it more like you're quiet, she's quiet? Well, I think I mean I'm speaking purely just out of my own opinion, but I feel like men are more of like a like 
oh, I'm pissed off. I'm going to shut down. I'm going to be quiet. Yeah. I'm the quiet guy. Yeah, so same. We got, so we same. agree about she, that. Uh, and she, uh, she keeps calling me pouty, and I really don't like it. <laughs> I'm not pouting. It's she like, figured I, it out. No, no, it's it's not that. Like, it, like in my opinion, and I, I, I'm not, uh, I wouldn't, you know, call myself a smart guy or anything, but in my opinion, it's, it's not that I'm power like it's not that a person can be powered. It's like sometimes when nothing productive can be said, why say anything at all? But on the uh, like, I understand her point of view that you have to like keep saying and saying and saying things until the situation gets resolved. But in my opinion, it's that it, like whatever can like we're both made up our minds, and anything that can be said right now, nothing will get resolved. So why say anything? And so there are two different opinions on that. And I totally agree with you that guys are more like, okay, yeah. I'm going to stop talking now. And uh, the other side, I think we're more want to talk about it. There are times when like something will happen and like I'll snap on my wife or I'll say something. And then in my mind, it's like a almost immediate regret. And then I'll just, f- and I wasn't like this before, but now, you know, three years in, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, okay, I think communication is the biggest thing because I feel like a lot of guys are just like we're used to having the thing like you can't be a pussy you know you have to be like you have to be a man you have you have to you know you have to uh, you gotta be the man you know but like there are times when something happens and you're just like you, wait 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 we sh- you should apologize for the word so we don't have to edit it out but we shouldn't use language like that what's a better word just say sorry and then we move on <laughs> I apologize uh, yeah we will keep a. Uh, <laughs> So we don't have to edit stuff. Uh, we don't have a beat button yet, so. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> no, okay. But, but, yeah, a little interruption. But, but when you start communication, and, again, it's one of those things that we all know. We all, you know, going to marriage, like, okay, communication is important. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know. You On know, paper, it's super yeah, simple. I'm going like, to communicate. Well, you just talk about your feelings. That's but but that's when our pride and, like, selfishness gets in the way because you're like, I can't believe she taught that, or I can't believe she said this. Or she yeah, should know better. Yeah, yeah kind of like. And yeah. then you don't talk to her for like exactly a whole day or two, and, and then nothing gets resolved, and nobody comes out a winner. And yeah, that's that's one thing I learned in marriage is like, I like what the one thing I learned is that those little the the cliche words that everybody tells you before you get married is what like like pay attention to that because you forget about it, and then you have to learn the hard way, even though. Every single person told you. Right. There's a reason why yes. cliches and stereotypes exist. Like nobody, and <laughs> this is totally random, but like if, like I hope nobody's offended by this and I feel like only Russian people are listening to this, but like Asian people are bad at driving, you know, like nobody would have just made that up off the top of their head. Like, oh, Asian people suck at driving. There's obviously been a We're lot We can use of, other stereotypes like Russian people and drinking issues. <laughs> okay, sure. Let's use that. Like Russians are alcoholics, you know, like at work, you know, as soon as people find out that I'm like a Russian, Ukrainian, Slavic, they're like, oh, hitting the vodka, you know? And it's like, <laughs> no, not at all. You know, it's, it, I feel like stere- things like that exist for a reason, like cliches for, they exist for a reason. Um, like people always, before we got married, people always like the first year of marriage is the hardest, you know, because that's when you learn to, to talk and, and that's when you mesh two different personalities together. And there's a lot of like little fights about like usually little things, but sometimes we as humans are so petty and it's like, uh, no, that shirt 
it's dirty, but it's not clean enough to go in the clean thing, but it's not dirty enough to go in the laundry, so it's going to stay on the floor. <laughs> no, put it back in the clean thing. Well, it's not clean enough to go there. You know, it's like it's used I once. think that's, that's uh, sometimes we're like in a group and like other guys or something and we talk about like when you're like marriage or like relationship, like topics com- comes up. And even today, actually, at work, we had this conversation. And, and yeah, it's, it's almost never the issue of like, it'll say in marriage and like, uh, so again, a lot of times it's like just being petty and like all the stuff. It's rarely the issue of like one side like wants to move to Africa, yeah. another one's like, no, we can't. Yeah. Like this big life decision. Yeah. Like for us, and I don't know if I think you know, it's gonna be okay with this, but like say one small thing, it like, su- seems like a super minor thing, but let's say when, and I think we started figuring out with us that a lot of times we have to figure out how you were raised and how your, let's say, parents and, like, how you, your family did the very little things sometimes. Let's say for us, it was, you know, my mom cleans the house, you know, takes the garbage out, cleans the house, and and it's all is good. For Ina, it was, you know, her mom cleans the house, she gets all the garbage, she puts it in the bag, and dad ki- comes from work, he's like, oh, she cleaned the house, the garbage is right there, grabs it, throws it away. And, and again, super petty, super small thing, but, like, I remember coming home, and I'm like, oh, you know, I cleaned the whole, you know, apartment. And I see just a whole bunch of, like, garbage piled up. I'm like, oh, you know, maybe she didn't get a chance. So my thought process is I'm not going to bring up the garbage because she just cleaned the whole house. So I'm not going to ignore that clean house and bring up, like, hey, why is the, there a whole bunch of garbage piled up? So I'm like, oh, you know, it's cool. She was cleaned the house. You know, she, maybe she'll do it later. Next day, come, you know, go to work, come from work. The garbage still there. And I'm, like, being petty to myself, you know, and pity for myself, like, Oh, you know, like I worked the whole day. Now I, I have to come. You know, what? Throw the garbage away. You know, like she cleaned the, the whole house. Like, why wouldn't she just throw the garbage away? Until like later, we something came. Like, one of us brought up the whole like garbage thing. We're like, well, my you know my dad when he when my mom cleaned the house, dad would come home and throw away the garbage. And I'm thinking like, why is she not throwing away the garbage? She cleaned the whole house, and you would just leave a whole bunch of garbage just laying there. Yeah. And it's something that we had to talk about and figure out. Like, hey, when you come from work. You grab garbage and throw uh, throw it away, or uh, you know, agree on what you're gonna do. You yeah, know? with something small as hey, if you clean the house and the garbage is there, who's gonna throw it away? And you talk about it. And going to marriage, I didn't think that it's something that we'd have to talk about and figure out and make a decision on. But it's a lot of those like small things, like who's gonna pay the bills, who's gonna be in charge of the, you know, like the little things in life, like who's gonna pay rent. So you know, third, fourth of the month comes and it's like, oh, I thought you were going to pay. Oh, I thought you were going to pay. You figure out and you establish it like, okay, how about this? Every month you pay rent. So we're not thinking that one or the other is going to do it. So it's always the little things. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with you because I've noticed in our, uh, like I've, uh, we're on our fourth year of marriage and like the big things, like going back to buying a house, what kind of life insurance, what kind of IRA or anything a, any like like yeah retirement or like big life decisions on when we're gonna have kids all all of that like you civilly you sit down you realize the magnitude of the situation and you talk like civil adults like civil civil people but in little things you ch- like turn into monkeys you you start you know hurling you know whatever monkeys hurdle each uh, feces yeah it. whatever monkeys hurdle at each, uh, at each other because little decisions you assume that the other person is on the same page with you. And uh, Vaisa said this to me the, like previously, which is a very good point, that like you cannot assume like 
you can oh, yeah yeah meaning uh, say that to each other a lot if you don't tell me something you can't expect me to know that yes because yeah like what's that like the whole garbage situation like if you didn't tell me you can't expect me to know that so i think we regularly less now but we still remind each other like especially if i let's say i come home and i'm like stressed out or something and i'm like quiet and she's like hey is, is everything okay and i'm like yeah it's fine just you know and she would like tell yes, me yes i'm fine <laughs> yeah and she would tell me like hey i'm asking you and no if you don't tell me i can't i cannot you know there's no way for me to know so unless you tell me i don't know so then either you forced to make a decision okay do i tell her or do i can't hold it against her for not knowing yeah. so i think it's definitely a very good thing to like hey if you don't say it don't expect another person to know that about you or about how you feel or what bothers you I feel like just today we had like a we had a situation we went uh we went we went did a bunch of grocery shopping things and that you know just to, we both have the day off but then there's something that happened and we were both upset about it and but then in my mind and just from experience like I've learned or at least I've been trained to know that like okay I can either be upset about this for like the next like 8 hours and I could just shut down and be quiet and like you know, and then it's like, oh, man, are you okay? Like, what's bothering you? Like, let's talk about it. And in my mind... Like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. It's and, fine. <laughs> and in my mind, all this is going through is like, either you can go down that route or like right now, just like turn off your pride and be like... Nip it at the bud. I'm sorry that I said that to you or, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, something like that. And, it, and like you, yeah, nip it in the bud is the perfect expression. Like you you have the choice to go down to either routes. And I think now that I'm even, I'm very aware of like what's happening and like... Because there's some situations where you might genuinely be upset that, like, you know, somebody did something to you and you're just like, man, I need some time to, like, process this and stuff. But then there's also those situations. But if you let them know, like, hey, let's say, Ina, like, I've had this and this kind of day at work. Can I please get an hour to myself? I just want to lay or whatever. Just do something and, like, we'll talk about it in a minute, you know, or in an hour. You can't expect people to be, like, telepathic and, like... So you have to either decide to like, okay, I need some time to you know process, or you could just choose to the other option, just like, okay, I'm sorry I said that, or hey, you hurt my, you know, you upset me when you said that, and then the, it gets resolved just like a snap of a finger, it's resolved, and then the next minute everything is peachy. I think especially if you have, which we have, you know, very good wives, and I think you know a lot of people have, or you know, most people are very reasonable people. And I think sometimes I would assume like, oh, if I bring it up, it's going to turn into this like big thing and it's not a big thing. And then when you do bring it up and it's like, oh, wow, that guy resolved a lot smoother and easier than I thought it was going to be. It's like, oh, I should do this next time. But the next time you'll get like all like Mona toss Roman, get all pouty and be like, oh, <laughs> I can't believe she didn't do this or she yeah. said this or she expected this. So, yeah, again, it's a, a I think our things. imagination, I remember... Um, do you remember the book The Diary of Anne Frank? Yeah. And there's a uh, in the book somewhere. I don't know if it's in the book or if her. So her father, he survived the whole Holocaust, the whole war, everything. But he was quoted. I don't know if it's in the book or not. But he was basically saying that like, and he was speci- like uh, speaking specifically to like a child's imagination because they were like because uh, I guess in the book he was pretty open to what was happening. He's mm-hmm. like, there's some Nazis and they're trying to kill us and this and that. And he, his rationale was like, there were people were like, why did you tell your kids that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, the imagination uh, will create much more scarier, worse things yeah. than what reality is. So it's always better just to face reality and to speak openly about it 
you know, then just to let it simmer in your head and you, you, you know, you have this anxiety and you like, you know, make it into this much bigger monster than Tim, it actually Tim is. Tim Ferriss quoted a guy and I don't want to Google it right now, but, and I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but the quote goes something along the lines of, I've lived through many, like, like many crazy things in life. Like I've lived through many crazy things in life, but most of them have never happened. So we've like worry as if those things all have already happened. Yes. Yeah. But they never happened. But we stress out as if you yes. know they're right. actually happening to us. We're like this and this and this, and none of those things my, ever happened. My grandpa lived through a famine. Uh, he was a child in uh, during World War Two. Um, like he was a very young boy, and he lived through a famine. And he tells me, this is this is what he told us. He said uh, he uh, he lived through a lot, and he said that. Uh, Enjoy these times and don't there will be hard times to come, but do not worry about them right now because by worrying about them, you will kind of ruin your good times. And when the bad times come, you're going to be like thinking about the good times, but like the good times you spent worried about the bad times. And then when you're living through the bad times, you're like, okay, I can kind of manage this. Maybe I like I'm going through this. It's not as bad as I thought of this. You can prep for the bad times, but you can never prep for exactly what's going to happen. And uh, he always said that uh, he always said that enjoy the good times and you will cross the bridge with when you get there. Just know that bad times are coming. Something uh, something's gonna happen, but just don't worry about it. Just put it out of your head. Enjoy what you have now, and later on, um, later on, don't let your gym. Uh, don't let don't like you guys were saying. Don't let your imagination, your anxiety, like, your anxiety. Don't get carried away with it. And uh, just in, uh, like be in the moment, like be in the moment and like realistically what you're going through right now. So you live through what you're living through and not anything worse because your brain never goes towards the optimistic. It always goes to the end of the world. I feel like it's like it's, a natural instinct to like protect ourselves. Right. I yeah. feel like that's human human's, nature. human's biggest weakness and greatest strength at the same time yeah. is that like we have the ability to think about things, think ahead. And it's really hard to do, you know, to just, oh, you know, yeah, times are rough, but let's focus on the good. Or, you know, times could be tough, but let's focus on the good. And I think that relates to everything, to to marriage, to friendships, to social media, to your job, to, you know, yeah, to anything. As, as a human nature, you want to, like, protect yourself. So right. you want to be like, enjoy this so much that you don't prepare or protect yourself from life. And the quote is, and I butchered it, like, a lot, but the quote is by Mark Twain. And it says, I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never most of which never happened and mm-hmm. uh, yeah it is human nature and again going back to you know marriage and our lives and you know having lived too long you know being married we're just starting and you know our whole lives are ahead of us but slowly learning and for being i got married at 25 and i think i was overthinking stuff when i was getting married i was worried about all the details i wanted you know kind of figure out the whole life, have everything in order, have kind of grasping everything with one bite, like the whole life ahead. I'm like, I need to know everything. I need to be prepared. And I think slowly I've been learning, hey, it's one day at a time. Mm-hmm. It's not, let's say, even now, if you start planning 10 years ahead, it seems like so much, you know, like work, what's going to happen with work, with house, with money, God willing, you know, children, what's going to happen there with, with economy, with all this social climate that's happening it seems like so much things at once but if you just worry about like hey let's l- do good today hey if we're alive tomorrow like how do we live a good day tomorrow and everything else is gonna take care of itself and if you just live one one good day at a time 
everything else will take care of itself, you know, the life the way it should. And that's something that I've been, you know, thinking about and being more aware of. Yeah, one of my favorite sayings is uh, the only thing constant is change. And I like so the the only thing that like we, we see like we've been alive for 25 years and in 10 years we can predict what's going to happen. We can think about what's going to happen. But what I like the only thing we can be 100 percent sure of it's going to be different. So um, it doesn't matter like how we prep what we prepare for. It's uh I think we should, yeah, like you said, just take it one day at a time. It's kind of funny. So it's an old old Jewish or, I guess, Yiddish uh, adage or saying, and it's man tracht und Gott lacht. That sounds German, bro. Or maybe it is German. It says Yiddish, but basically man plans, God laughs. You know, so we set these grand plans before, oh, or all the plans of, what is it, uh, we make all these plans in our mind and, you know, like 10 years from, I got a five-year plan. I got a 10-year plan. I got a 15-year plan. My kid's already going to Harvard and I don't even have a kid yet, you know, stuff like that. But like Vasily said, it's all, you know, one day at a time. Yeah, we and don't, You and literally sh- don't know if you're going to wake up tomorrow, you yeah, know? And we should plan for things and we should look forward to things and we should make plans for our lives. But I think we should be okay when those plans don't work out and let's say life throws like a curveball and you have to go the other way or something to now be in despair that you've had this plan mm-hmm. written down for your 10-year plan but it, something else happened but be okay with it and go one day at a time yeah and, and at the same time not sit there and just like tr- kind of try to predict what kind of curveballs life is going to be throwing at you also not not to do that just kind of like if it throws a curveball, you're still going to swing and you're going to hit it or you're going to miss it. And it's whatever. Just one more quote. Uh, John Steinbeck, he wrote the book of Mice and Men. And hit the title he got from the saying, the best. So there's more to it. But I think the more common saying is the best, like in the stop, like the best laid, the best laid plans of mice and men, you know, dot, dot, dot. And there's more to it. But it's basically like. You know, mice and men, we're these creatures on this planet and we make these plans and we're going to, you know, store up for the winter and we're going to make all this, you know, money and this and that. But then at the end of it, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men and 90% of it ends up not happening. Yeah. So it's all about managing your expectations and one day at a time. Hey, you know, I'm married. My wife is not like, I don't know who some supermodel is, but my wife is not the supermodel, you know, or my job is not, I'm not some like, world-changing, you know, astrophysicist that's going to figure out, you know, the next, like, the peace problem or the world hunger. Like, be happy with what you are because if you're not happy with what you are, you'll with what you have, you will never be happy with anything. And that's, I think, the hardest challenge for just humans in general is, like, if you're not happy on a 40K income, do not even for a second think that you'll be happy on a $10 million income. You know, if you're not happy with with your wife who maybe has some character flaws or maybe is not the most beautiful person in the world, you're not going to be happy with the supermodel. It's all about because she will definitely have character flaws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just be happy with what you got. You know, it's life is short. Uh, why waste it over you know this, having this anxiety and having this like competition against other people? We're like, yo, we're all in the same race. We're all on the same planet. It's not like I'm going to be super rich, and just because I reach a certain threshold, I'm going to move to a different, better planet where everything is peachy. And look, no, you're still stuck on the same planet with the rest of us. I need yeah, a- and I uh, think in, when it comes to like marriage, and let's say if you are a single guy or a girl, I think there's a lot of pressure of like, 
well, if I like her, if I like him, what are people going to say? Or what are they going to say? How are people going to view this? And if you like the person and he or she likes you back and your parents approve and it seems like things are going well, forget the social media. Forget the, you know who's going to say what because at the end of the day, you're going to be the one living with our wife or the husband. You're the one that's you know just making your life decision and your stupid you know 17-year-old guy friend or a girlfriend they're gonna be here today and who knows if you're gonna be friends with them tomorrow but you're gonna listen to their point you know view on you know yes, on, like a marriage single advice friends are always the worst friends to get advice <laughs> from <laughs> no and but yeah if you and yeah I, there's a one of my g- guy friends they're like officially you know dating right now and like parents are involved and everything but it's still like besides like friends it's still pretty low-key and i really respect it because i'm like hey it's your life it's your decision who cares what people are gonna say what are you, like for or against and a lot of times you know growing up i was the fruit when somebody's getting married and i'll have this like grand loud annoying opinion about somebody getting married to somebody else but then like when you take a step back and you're like it's such a fruity thing to do like they're getting married that's their life decision like who the heck cares about you know your opinion just us their life and they know themselves and the other person probably much better than you know either of them so leave up them so again if you're looking and you're debating and what about this or what about that don't overthink it if it's a he she is a a good person loves god loves you respect respects her parents respects her dad respects her mom and just a good person overall and you think she's freaking cute Go for it. Don't overthink and figure figure out life together as you go. When we got married and Ina just got into nursing program, and I thought it's gonna be such a like crazy thing. Like, oh, we're married. She's in a nursing program. Maybe she should wait till she finishes school. And it's like, no. It was a really cool thing. She comes home. She's like, oh, I have homework to do. And if I have stuff to do, I'll like open my laptop and we sit at table for hours doing our own stuff together, rather than she's going to school and. We're trying to schedule a hangout and both of us don't have time because she's in school and, you know, doing something else. But figure out life. Be okay with slow star. And I think another thing, though, again, we should be wrapping up soon. But another thing, that again, learning in life is a lot of times, you know, being 28, but you will look at, at a homie at like 45, 50 years old. And you're like, he has this much money and he's doing this and he he's achieving these things in life. And you're like, why can I do that? But I have to realize that, hey, he's 45. You have 20 years to get to where he's at. So don't compare your life at 28 to somebody that's at 48. And be aware of that. And, hey, slow start again. Ghetto Federal Way apartment, you know, apartment in Seattle. But, hey, yeah. you know, maybe God willing, and we'll move out from the apartment and we'll get our own Maybe not a fancy place. It'll be a small place at the, uh, at the beginning, but maybe you'll be a little bit better place after that. And uh, a, a good exercise uh, someone uh, at work told me, if you are ever doubting yourself or if you're ever doubting where you're at in life or you're unhappy, fi- whoever your role model is, like like financially or a, like a wisdom role model or anything, come up to them and ask them. Like, I'm 25 I would come up, like, uh, for me, it would be like, come up to them and ask them, where were you at when you were 25? 
And I guarantee you the answer that they will give you will make you feel much better about yourself because they were in the same exact situation, if not a worse situation than you're in right now. And one more last quote, but I love it. It's uh, 20% of life is what happens to you. 80% is how you react. We can't control the way that the world, like we can't control what happens around us, you know something happens you know like an accident or a storm or a, a death in the family something like that we can't control that i mean we have our very limited human knowledge of of the world and things like that but 80 percent is how you react to it and there'll be those people that you, you'll come across and they, they blame everything on the world you know they'll be like oh well my parents divorced when i was young and this and then this happened and i was homeless you know like and it's like hey you know, you can try to blame the world and be a victim forever, but those people that play the victim card their whole life, they're usually the people that are bitter to the end and they never really get anywhere. But then there's those people who grew, grow up in these crazy situations and you're just like, wow, it's amazing that you even survived and that you're alive. But these are the most positive people that, you know, you've ever met. And it's all about how you react to life. You can't control what happens to you, what happens to your family, what happens to your job. A lot of these things are out of our hands. Maybe tomorrow you get fired or... You know, or something crazy happens. You never know. But it's all about how you react. Like, hey, I lost my job. That's fine. Tomorrow I'm back on the market. I'm going to find a better job. Yeah. You know, or count those things as part of life. And for all of us, you know, to remember that every single person has their own issues, has their own problems. No matter how fancy they're trying to portray it, there's somebody is wrestling with something, trying to figure something out is stressed out and worry about something. But we've been going for a while, and if you're still here, uh, we're not expecting a lot of people to be listening to this. Maybe, you know, we'll try to convince our wives to listen to this, maybe a couple buddies. But if you are listening, you know, that's cool. Thank you for sticking around. But to summarize a little bit, again, it's you know more for, like, personal record of, like, going through life, learning lessons, recording it, talking about topics and things that are happening currently in our lives, you know, things that are happening around us in our, you know, city, state, country, world. And it's not very formal. It's not very professional. It's just us getting together. But the goal is to bring in as much as possible. And we already talked to a few people to bring them on, talk to them. I think they have very interesting things to say, very interesting things to talk about together. So really looking forward to those conversations. And again, if you have somebody that you feel like they're, that they should be talked to or you know their story should be heard or their point of view should be explored and picked a little bit, then would love to talk to them. So again, you can shoot me a text at 206-859-1863. And to, I don't know, summarize the whole thing is life is good. Enjoy your life. Life has life is good, especially the season and, you know, the area and country that we live in. We live some of the most amazing lives. We have some of the most amazing privileges and luxuries enjoy your lives but also understand that life has its own obstacles and problems and issues and worries and we shouldn't look to get rid of every single worry and concern and problem but learn to grow 
and become stronger through the, through those challenges and become better people, wiser people, and we'll live good uh, good lives. And uh, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add. Uh, we I think we can you know close to wrap it up and land the plane. Can we do like a quick thirty second? Um, I think this would be cool. Like a quick thirty second uh, segment each episode where we like recommend something. Hmm. That's pretty good. I got three recommendations off the top of my head. Okay, I feel like you like plan about it, but I'm trying to think of recommendations. Oh right yeah, now. you put us on the spot, man. No, I can do it this week. You guys can take it next time. Okay. But, uh, book-wise, there's a book called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Very solid book. I feel like it's a very. It's not very long. It's a pretty thin. Is that the book you were telling me about at a dinner the other day? Yeah. It's. I mean, it's like what 150 pages long, but it's it's a uh, it's like a I mean, I don't want to say life-changing book, but it's a it's a mentality-changing book, and it's all about. It's based off of like compound interest for those of you who understand compound interest. But it's basically small changes done frequently end up being creating these massive monumental shifts in your life. And it's a really good book. Uh, it's a very good if you're trying to start a business or trying to improve your life or just trying to improve yourself. It's a really good book to read. Uh, a lot of good t- a lot of it is you know stuff that you've heard before but it's a, it very it's wrapped up very nicely uh and Darren Hardy does a good job of kind of compre- uh, like summarizing it and uh I really enjoyed the book and it encouraged me to make some changes in my life uh and then as well other recommendations I think I'm a big fan of podcasts I think all of us here are but I know that uh and not in any particular order, but the Joe Rogan podcast, very good podcast, very mm-hmm. quality stuff. Um, Joe's a good guy. He, I think he sees the world for what it is and he doesn't try to like hide behind his beliefs. He's just very real and ex- likes to explore things and explore ideas and get to the bottom and get to the truth. And also, uh, a couple of Joe podcast, our Slavic neighbors, our friends over at, uh, well, I guess we're not affiliating, but... Um, good guys. They also have a podcast, Cup of Joe, similar to this, just like a casual conversation where they just talk. About I really, things. I really enjoy their podcast. I've I've listened to every episode of their podcast. Yeah, yeah, they're good guys. It's it's, a, it's an interesting podcast. It's fun to listen to. They're very likable, and I smart, recommend smart smart guys to listen to. Some of them are pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say who. Okay. Roman, any recommendations? Uh, he, well, he put me on the spot here. I. No, I I do not. I did not bring any recommendations with me. For me, the book that really lately, I think maybe it's because they're most recent. But yeah, I think I really like this whole idea of recommending because yeah, I come across stuff like books and podcasts or some like random like lecture or something. So it'd be cool to share. But a book that really simple to read. Both of these books very simple to read, but very very practical. And helps you like understand things in a really like different way. Is one is Atomic Habits by James Clear, and I've read a couple of books on like habits and how like our minds work and how our brains work and the whole like is it 21 days, 31 days, and all of those things. But I think this is going to be one of those. It's a new book, but I think it's going to definitely be one of those books. The 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 classics that you know like. 30 years later, this book is being published, you know, re- re-edited for like the third time and being published and, you know, 10 million copies sold and whatnot. So I think definitely Atomic Habits is going to be a classic. 
And another one. It sounds a little bit more narrow, but I think it's a very, very good book to read. And I started it and only a couple days in and I'm think I'm like 150 pages in. And it's the it's called The Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. Very like infomercial name, but I think very practical book that helps you understand that investing in real estate sounds very, you know, like foreign and far and like almost unachievable goal. But he breaks it down for you that helps you understand that it is very achievable, even for somebody that doesn't doesn't make, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And again, you have to like read the book to understand. But again, very easy, very simple book to read. Yeah, the Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. But helps you really bring it down to the ground. The real estate investing or buying is not as foreign as one might think it is, but a lot more practical. And but yeah, podcast. I used to listen to a lot more Tim Ferriss. Uh, actually, used to listen to him a lot when I used to commute from federal way to Seattle in traffic. You know, in the morning and evening, so a lot of commuting time. So I listen to him a lot. He definitely has some, you know different views on things but it's still interesting to listen to just you know for you know to hear other people's point of view on things but yeah for some reason i really enjoyed him uh yeah he has the book the four hour work week again very infomercial name but these books are have a lot of practical things though because a lot of these titles that they sell books uh like the millionaire real estate investor if you name a book uh, like on okay, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year real estate investing. Then it may not sell much, but with our instinct purchases, uh, those kind of titles they sell. But yeah, so book the Atomic Habits, Atomic Habits by James Clear and the Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. I think a must read for every person. Are we set on a topic for next time? We d- we are, and I'm excited for next week. We should talk about churches at some point. Religion in general. That's a hot topic, I think. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about church and whatnot. But I think we should wrap it up because we've kind of been going for a while. But again, hey, if you... And again, um, if you are still here, thank you very, very much. Um, and if you have any comments, con- complaints, or questions, compliments, or critique... Very welcome. Uh, feel free to shoot a text or whatever, and you know we'll we'll listen to if it. If you're just bored too, just text Vasily at the number he gave you too. And be like, hey, I listen to it, and you guys suck, but I'm gonna listen to the next <laughs> one again just to make fun of you guys. That's yeah, great. That'll, that'll that's be all right. Good. I think that's almost better than than you know, like people who like our podcast I think constructive criticism. Hey, <laughs> all right, yeah. See you guys on. Over in the next episode.